0: Hello and welcome to Equipping the Saints. I'm Ryan, and thank you for joining us today. If you have your Bibles with you, please open your Bibles to the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. We're going to be looking at a few things from there today. We're going to be looking at verses 7 through 11. The word says, It is for discipline that you endure. For they disciplined us for a short time, as seemed best for them, but he disciplines us for our good, so that we share his holiness. All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterwards it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. The Christian life is a race of making disciples of all nations in obedience to God. If we look toward the finish line, we can see Jesus Christ standing there, ready to award us the prize of eternal life. In the first two verses of chapter 12, the writer shows us how Jesus is qualified to give us this prize, and that we should rid ourselves of anything holding us back from enjoying God's presence. And we are commanded to run this race with endurance. What is the race? The race is our life since our moment of salvation. So the question becomes, where do we get this endurance from? How do we develop the stamina to run the race and to run it well? Well, like any good athlete, or in the case of this podcast, soldiers, both athletes and soldiers require the same thing. They require training. If you want to reach your maximum potential in Christ, You're going to have to take some training, and you're going to have to endure it to the very end. He has much in store for you, and we have to subject ourselves to his training. So let's look at verse 7 one more time. It says, It is for discipline that you endure. God deals with you as with sons. For what is there whom his Father does not discipline? God is a loving Father, and He uses this parent-child relationship because we all understand it. We were all born to a mother and father, and we were all raised by someone who was caring about our well-being. To be clear, only those who have received Jesus Christ as their Savior are His children. Yes, all humanity is His creation, but the title of son or daughter is reserved for those who are born again. Now, as a child of God, we are subject to being trained and disciplined. Now, as you may know, the New American Standard Version is my preferred translation, and the word discipline is used in my Bible. Your translation may use the word chastening, but ultimately, it's all based off the same root Greek word, and that word is paideia, The construction of this word indicates that the discipline is ongoing and repeatedly given. As long as we draw breath, God is not done with us, nor do we reach a state of being beyond improvement. No Christian that ever lived can step back and say that there was nothing more that the Lord could have taught them. It's like saying on your 16th birthday that you've learned everything that you're ever going to need for the rest of your life. Does anybody know any teenagers that are like that? I remember being one, right? They think we know what we know, but we know that they don't know that they don't know, you know? Be careful not to confuse discipline with punishment, though. Punishment is reserved only for those who don't know Christ, and by receiving salvation, we are free from this punishment. Why do I say this? Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 2 says this. Now, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. So, what does the Lord's discipline look like? It's not the same for everyone, since we all have unique strengths and weaknesses, we all have different areas that we need to improve upon. And they can come in the form of different things. They can come in the form of guilty feelings, unpleasant circumstances, loss of peace, relationship problems, or any number of negative consequences for choosing sin. Sometimes the chastening of the Lord can be as severe as physical illness or even death. The important thing to note here, though, in verse 7, is that you must be willing to to submit yourself to being disciplined, and not to resist it. Back up a couple of verses and go to verse 5, same chapter. It says, You have forgotten the exhortation which is addressed to you as sons. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when you are reproved by him. For those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines and he scourges every son whom he receives. Did you like getting spanked when you were a kid? Did you like getting grounded when you got older, or when you did something wrong? I'm pretty sure no one would admit that they liked being spanked or punished. How many of you that were spanked and grounded, how many of you still love your parents? Don't you see what, where, where we're going with this? We see here that God disciplines us because he loves us, just like our parents did. Hebrews 12.9 says, Furthermore, we had earthly fathers to discipline us, and we respected them. Shall we not much rather be subject to the father of spirits and live? He will at times put something in our path or allow consequences to happen in order for us to learn and to grow. But understand this, that God never takes his eye off of us, like any good parent would, in order to make sure that we are doing what is right. When his child chooses to sin or does not resist temptation, God steps in to address the matter. Look at verse 10. For they disciplined us for a short time, as seemed best for them, but he disciplines us for our good so that we will share his holiness. The Apostle Peter also emphasized the importance of seeking to be holy like God, as he says in 1 Peter 3, verses 15 and 16. Like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves, also in all your behavior, because it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. God does this for our good. You must learn to trust God when hardships and sufferings begin by responding properly. We have to make a choice to do what honors God and humble ourselves in order to seek his will. But we have an alternative. We also can run the other direction into the things of this world that will not satisfy us. We should always run to God, because he sees how this will help you in the long term. We tend to see things from a very short-sighted, present, for-the-day perspective, instead of what kind of returns God wants to get from his investment down the line. He doesn't waste his time when he's working in you. When things get overwhelming, we could easily run for a gallon of ice cream or go as far as cheating on our spouse in an attempt to make ourselves feel better. But God wants us to run to him when times are hard. And you will experience a supernatural peace that nothing in this world can provide. He may still allow the consequences to happen, but he will give you the ability to handle it. Look at what it says in verse 11. All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. Yet, to those who have been trained by it, afterwards it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. I don't know if you're anything like me, but it wasn't until I became an adult that I realized how ungrateful of a child I was. I have three young boys myself, and I constantly catch myself getting upset with my kids for something that they did. There have been many times where they did something that I remember getting in trouble for as a kid, and I responded exactly like my parents did. It took me becoming a parent to understand my parents. I remember calling my mom one day and telling her the famous words that all new parents will say. Mom, now I understand what I put you through and why you did what you did. Thank you for teaching me how to survive in this crazy world and to fix my bad behavior. And when I told her that, it was the best news she had heard in a while. But why are we talking about this? We're talking about this because God loves you and he disciplines you for your good. He is our heavenly parent and he wants us to understand who he is and to obey him. He is holy, and He expects us to look at His Son, Jesus Christ, as an example of how we should conduct ourselves. If you're struggling with something right now, or up to your neck in hardships, be comforted, knowing that you are truly God's child. He is waiting for you to run to Him for help. If we truly trust God with our problems, we will not worry about the things that we cannot control. We can also compare it to being like a a new employee at any job, right? When you start a new job, you have to go through training. You have to get your experience in in order to become a skilled worker. It doesn't happen overnight, right? So with that in mind, let me ask you a question. What if you're not being trained by the Holy Spirit? What if you don't feel guilty when you sin? What if you're disobedient and you're not undergoing hardship? Hebrews 12.8 says this, But if you are without discipline, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. There is no way to sugarcoat this, so I apologize in advance. If you are living in sin, and you're okay with it, and you feel no desire to change, then I'm sorry to say that you are probably not genuinely saved. God has telltale signs of salvation like this in the Bible as a way to kind of gauge if we're truly saved or not. Remember, being a good person who knows who God is doesn't mean you're a Christian. That constitutes most of churches today. But it's not about religion. It's about a relationship with the living God. And if we are lacking that relationship with the living God, then we are living a lie if we truly believe we're Christians. But yet we have no relationship with God. We are illegitimate children and not sons. Take a moment to think about the Lord's Supper or you may call it communion. But why do we observe this sacrament? Most of what is said before we serve communion comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. So we're going to read a little portion of this, uh, but I want you to pay close attention to what I'm about to read. Participating in communion without true repentance does have consequences. We begin in verse 27 of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But a man must examine himself, and in so doing he is to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself, if he does not judge the body rightly. For this reason... Many among you are weak and sick, and a number sleep. But if we judged ourselves rightly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are, there it is again, we are disciplined by the Lord so that we will not be condemned along with the world. I want to challenge you today. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, I want to remind you that you are a child of God and that he holds you to a higher standard than your average sinner. God loves you and he has commanded you to be holy. Are you living a holy life? Or are you living in sin that you refuse to give up? If that is not you, remember that doing nothing is sin too. Not building on your personal relationship with God or working for his kingdom will rob you of enjoying who he is and being disciplined for our good when we make mistakes. If you're off track, turn around. It's not too late. God is standing right there, waiting for you to repent and to humble yourself before him. And when you do, have confidence that he will restore you and hold no record of your wrongs. Isn't it wonderful to have a God that loves us so much? Now, if you're listening to this and you don't know Jesus, I want you to know something. God knows who you are, and he loves you. You're listening to this because this is a divine appointment. He wants you to be convinced of how much you need him, and he is waiting for you to accept his free gift of eternal life by admitting that you're a sinner and that you truly believe in Jesus and you confess him as both Lord and Savior. This is your opportunity to respond. And if you have any questions or you need more information about what it means to step forward in accepting Christ as your Redeemer, please send me an email so that I can inform you of this. Or if you did accept him, I would love to hear from you so that I can rejoice with you. My email is in the description of this channel. It is equipped, E-Q-U-I-P-P-E-D, dot, with, dot, truth, at gmail.com. If you ever have any questions or comments or just a praise report or prayer requests, I would love to hear from you at any time. It has a purpose. I just want you to know that. Everything you're going through, everything that the Lord is trying to show you, it all has a purpose. Don't ever forget that. And in the times of trouble, hold on to the Lord Jesus. He is our only way of getting through this, and he wants you to trust him through it. Thank you for listening today. I'm Ryan, and I want you to have a great weekend.